So the question is, how much do we create our reality with our thoughts and how much is up to Allah and out of our hands? So this is uh, depending on your level of understanding. This can be uh, multiple answers or incomplete answers, depending on where you're at. One, uh, one way to answer this is whatever you are focused on is what you become and what you see. Which is why we say focus on Allah, not on the world or anything else. If you focus on anything else, that's what you will become and that's what you will become attached to. Now, an attachment is not a bad thing and you can be attached to anything. Um, and the, the trick of understanding the nafs is to know when you are not connecting with Allah, but with the world stuff. When you're doing that, then then whatever energy you have has been rerouted to the world of change and transformation. Whereas anything that's connected with Allah is permanent and indestructible. Second part. For those that understand this, it's you yes you do have free will up to a certain point after a certain point if you are surrendered to a law and as our peers talk about and all the saints and all the prophets to be a slave of a law or to be in synchronization with the universe if you want to look at it that way then there is no difference between you and Allah's will. That's what we try to get to so that we we're fulfilling Allah's will by getting ourselves out of the way. When we make an attachment to something like anything in the world, then that's us. That is our nafs and that makes it difficult for Allah to communicate with our heart. So what we are trying to do with, with the practice of Sufism is, is to get this self more and more out of the way so that, so that we can be in contact and connected with Allah no matter what's happening and be able to serve Allah and the world and others as part of the practice of getting out of the way. Next question. Um, so, uh, on on that question, actually, the first question, mm. does it does it mean that um, are you are you saying that surrender is the ultimate goal? 
the ultimate goal, the ultimate purpose is surrender. Mm. Yes. Okay, because, yeah, I think there might be some differences among traditions here. Some would say um, it's not just about surrender because ultimately we are also meant to be co-creators. We are co-creators with Allah. And sometimes we need to do things. Um, it's not just about... We are not meant to be like just a, a hose, a water hose. You, you, water is plugged in and Allah comes through. We are meant to do our own stuff as well. Like we are using our free will to... Yes, okay. At certain levels, that is, that's correct. You, you asked, but well, the question is, how much do we create our reality with our thoughts and how much is up to Allah and out of our hands? What I'm, I'm answering that question in regards to, um, it's, the idea is to resolve the paradox if Allah knows all and is our destiny and we have all of our, all of our um, choices are mapped out, do we have free will then? No, but yes, it's better to think we have free will and make choices and learn how to make better and better choices. How do we make choices? Well, as you say, in regards to being a co-creator, what we want to do is whatever we do, we want to do it with the permission of Allah or our heart. How do we get to that place? Through inner and outer confirmation. If we get a message like a dream or a, a desire within us to, to want to paint walls, or houses, you know, and then that's what we want to do, but we don't have an outer confirmation. An outer confirmation might come from somebody saying, hey, listen, I got a blank wall and I need somebody to paint it. Are you interested? That's kind of like, oh, okay, that's an outer confirmation that this is a, a need here and I am looking for the answer here, so there it is, and vice versa. Let's say I am a professional painter, but I... Um, I don't know if it's right for me. And then somebody, uh, and then I have a dream about mm -hmm. painting, you know, different colors and things. And I feel like, well, that's an inner confirmation. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's the whole thing, the whole practice of becoming a human being is about balance, of having an inner and outer balance, a material and a spiritual a physical and an emotional balance so that we're, we're walking, uh, you know, between everything and keeping, keeping that balance. Doesn't mean that you don't fall over or trip over something. That's part of our job as a human being is to learn from our mistakes and we will make mistakes. 
So are we allowed to do other things? Yes, as long as it's uh, halal and it uh, maybe uh, helps others or maybe uh, keeps you <laughs> solvent and gets you moving towards a new goal. There's nothing wrong with having goals and ambition and curiosity. Um, as long as you are, now we get to the point of, well, then what is surrender? Mm. Surrender is accepting whatever lesson Allah is giving you right now, that this is the classroom, and you've decided that you want to be a student. Sufism, or any creditable spiritual path. In that case, you say, I want to learn how to be a better human being, and Allah says, okay, you're in the classroom, let's, let's go. And Allah provides you with a, a lesson that's right in your face, uh, and what we do is we say, oh no, I've got a better idea. And Allah says, oh, isn't that interesting? Well, I guess you're not really interested in growing or becoming a human being. I'll come back later Maybe. So this is about learning and learning how to grow and learning how to learn. Surrender isn't giving up. Surrender is doing the work of acceptance that this is what I need to learn. Now, of course, it's really easy to get confused if you watch a lot of YouTube crap. You will get confused. People will put you off on the wrong track. You will think you're doing it wrong. And when you're beginning in the first 10 years of Sufism, just to keep it simple, follow instructions and don't make up stuff. <laughs> you, of course, there's many, many people out there describing how you should be a, a perfect human being or you, you should do it this way, you should do it that way. If you're going to be part of our tarika, the idea is follow the instructions of the sheikh until you've got a, a handle on all the little subtleties that happen. Yes, you can choose to go and watch all the YouTube and, and learn from all these other teachers, but it's not helpful unless you have permission from the Sheikh or Sheikah. Because the idea is to focus on Allah only. When you start watching these other things and read all these books without an understanding, then it's just you've entered back into the world of change and transition, and it's easy to lose your focus. And of course, there'll be people who say, well, you got to do it this way. And others say, well, you're not a real Muslim unless you do it this way. And, you know, on and on and on. So, if you want to get confused, go that way.
if you want to get your head straight, follow instructions for a little while until you got a handle on the path that you're on already. Okay. Next question. Maybe just on the same topic is surrender. So uh -huh. um, uh, what I'm hearing is that surrender is not, it's uh, it's better to think of surrender as a process, right? Oh, yes. Ra rather than thinking, when I achieve level five or Macam five, then I will have surrender. Before <laughs> Macam five, there's no surrender. After Macam five, there's surrender. It's not like that. Right, it's a, it's a process. It can happen any time during the journey, whether it's Makam one or two or seventeen or exactly. one thousand. That's right, and as a process, it's called. That's why it's called a practice, a spiritual practice. It's not a perfect. Yes, because as a human being, how we learn is through attempts at learning and making mistakes. If we didn't make mistakes, if we didn't fail, we would not succeed. You have to fail so you know what, so that you know the data field. You know, this is not helpful, this is helpful. I really messed up here, so I learned all about no, 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 whatever it is, uh, not to judge people, uh, to be generous, to be clear about what my intentions are, to not care about what people think of me, that kind of stuff. All of that's vital to growing. The other part of that, and it's a good thing you brought that up, is not to have expectations. Yeah. Uh, say, saying, oh, by Macomb 5, I will be completely surrendered and a perfect spiritual being. I will be united with Allah, and people will love me, and I will be a saint. And... Mm -hmm. um, you know, life doesn't work that way. <laughs> you know, it's the same. It's the same idea with just on a simple basis, learning how to listen to Allah. Do you think Allah comes with a uh, a deep voice that echoes through the canyons? Oh, Ali! <laughs> mm. No. Allah speaks to us through the environment and through his names and whatever is available. If we're not looking for it, if we're not listening, we'll miss it. Because sometimes we have expectations of like, I expect a sign. I expect to see meteor showers and, and it spells out, you should go to Hawaii. That's not how things work. It's a subtle world. The, the spiritual life has a lot of subtleties in it, 
unless you ask for the hard way. In which case, I can attest that Allah will supply hits of various levels of pain because you want it not subtle. This is your choice. I do not recommend it because it hurts. <laughs> I suggest learning the subtle way. The subtle way is to learn how to listen to your heart and learn how to how to have a conversation, a dialogue with Allah saying, uh, you know, what I call a, um, what would it be, intervallic assessment, where you step back out of a situation and you go, okay, Allah, I'm not getting a clear idea of what you want here. Can you give me some advice or idea? That's the first part of that question. The second part is to shut up and listen without expectation, because you never know what the answer is going to be. If you have an expectation of what Allah is going to answer, then you're not going to hear it, the answer. It's subtle. And sometimes it's a very simple thing. And if you're not paying attention, it will pass you right by. I've had answers that go, don't do anything. And then things resolve without me, you know, stepping into it because this is allowing Allah to do his job. Sometimes I get a, an answer that might be, all right, give that person a hug. I go, huh, okay. And, and that takes care of it, and that's the resolution. I don't know. I don't have any expectations because this is Allah's world, and anything is possible with Allah. when you have expectations and you think what the answer should be, well, we could say that kind of leads to shirk. Because you're thinking, oh, I, I, am, I am Allah. I know the answers to these things. And we go, oh, no. Now you have to unlearn that. So staying open, staying uh, without expectation, but staying, working on that connection in your heart and learning how to have a dialogue with Allah and learning how to listen is, I think, more important than asking. But they actually resolve in the end is like they're both important. Does that make sense? Yes, yes, makes sense. You know, in some ways, Allah wants us to have a dialogue with him. That's that's kind of our secret. That's the Sir al Sir. The secret of secrets is you can have a relationship with Allah if, with your heart. So. Does that help? Mm. 
Yes, it helps. It helps. Definitely. It's very, very simple. And the simplicity is shut up, listen, surrender. And you always have a choice of whether you want to follow through on the advice or not. You don't have to. Nobody's forcing you to do anything. But what we like to get to in Sufism is to do it, these things out of love. And the reason why is because love begets love. When you do something out of love, the circle is completed and love comes into your heart. And that's a beautiful thing. Mm -hmm. So you can, you're 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 welcome to watch all these uh, sheikhs and uh, imams and uh, gurus and doctors give you lectures about how you should be this or that. The real answer to me is. Shut up and listen to your heart. Whatever the lesson is that you need to work on is right there. You know what it is. And of course, you can argue with the law. There's no no problem with there. Allah is always ready to, you know, say what he needs to say. And, we, and he allows us to say what we need to say. But my money... <laughs> is on the winner is going to be on Allah. But sometimes we just have to work these things out. And, uh, you know, even Rumi talks about knockdown wrestling fights with Allah. You don't always have to be on good terms with Allah because sometimes, you know, there's things that need to be sorted. And, uh, you know, the, the story of Nasruddin comes into a village and he's kind of depressed and everybody comes up to him and says oh mullah mullah please help us it hasn't rained in in four weeks and and our crops are drying what are we going to do and he says oh i find somebody else to do this this is no no no, mullah you're known as a miracle worker we need you please help us and uh the nasruddin says yeah okay Fine, I'll help you. So what does he do? He gets off his donkey. He goes into the house, fills a bucket with water, that the only remaining water from the well, and he washes his clothes, and he hangs it up on the line, and they're going, the whole town's going, what are you doing? And all of a sudden, all the clouds come in, the lightning strikes, the heavens open up, the water comes down, and it's pouring. And they're going, what's going on? How could you do that? Oh, it's a miracle. Oh, Nasruddin. But why did you have to wash your clothes? He says, well, I'll tell you, Allah and I are not getting along these days. So, you know. 
So it is a relationship with the law and something to develop. And yes, it isn't always going to be ponies and sunshine. Sometimes it's rain and sometimes it's hard work because when you want to get rid of the nafs, you need friction. I talked about this before. You need heat. That heat is you rubbing against your nafs and working them out, and sometimes it's not pleasant. That's why, to me, anybody who decides to take on this path is a spiritual warrior. You need to fight the worst enemy, the hardest enemy in the universe. You. Okay? Okay. Simple. It's simple. Yes, simple. Simple. I also have a Nasruddin story, if I may share. Please, please, yes. So, Nasruddin, one day, traveling with his son from one village to another on a donkey. Um, they're both riding the donkey. Donkeys walking, and they meet people on the way. And people say, "How you people have no mercy! You know, it's just one small poor donkey, and the two of you are sitting on the donkey, killing it. What kind of? Don't you have any compassion for the donkey?" So Nasruddin said, "Okay, I'm going to walk on my feet, and my son, you remain sitting on the donkey." So they do that, they walk, and they meet people on the way, and people say, how rude of the son, no respect for the father. He's sitting on a donkey, relaxing and letting his elderly father walk. So Nasruddin say, okay, my son, let's swap. I'll sit on the donkey and you walk. And they do that, and they journey, and they meet people, and people say, Nasruddin, how rude it is. Your child is young, you let him walk, and you're sitting on a donkey relaxing. How rude of you. So then they both decide to walk. The donkey is walking, both walking on their feet, and they meet people again on the, on the way, and people say, these few people are stupid. You have a donkey, and you're not using it, you're not sitting on it, you're just walking. How stupid of you. So they arrive to the village carrying a donkey on their heads. <laughs> there, there's, a, there's another version where he gets so irritated that, you know, they, they, say, they say to him, you've got the donkey, you got your son, and you got your back to your son. You know, that's kind of insulting to the son. So Nasruddin gets off and <laughs> sits back to front so he can face his son while they're going forward. And as he comes into the village, they're going, what's going on? You're riding backwards on the donkey. <laughs> so, yeah, it's a good one. And that's, that's a story about culture. How influenced are we by our culture? Yeah. Okay. 
So, have we answered the big questions for today? I think we have, yes. <laughs> Excellent. Okay, thank you for that. Thank you. Thank you for your time. Thank you. Salam alaikum. Alaikum salam. Salam alaikum, Marids, seekers, curious, and interested listeners. We appreciate you and are happy to share our Sufi message. Your donation will help support our Sufi Center in Sydney, where we do zikr, sobat, spiritual counseling, and healing services. We believe the message should be free, but it costs equipment, rental, services, software, and hardware to get this to you. So thank you for choosing our podcast among all the millions available. If you go to our website, ansarisufiorder.org, you will be able to donate through PayPal whatever you think this information is worth to you. Blessings and love, the Australian Ansari Sufi Order.